Hello everyone and welcome back to What Above a Pollen Podcast. I'm Obs and this week I'm joined by Lecky and Veg as we continue our rewatch of season one of Bridgerton. Sadly, Beans can't be with us this week, but I'm sure she's out there with us in spirit. But first of all, Lecky, half birthday for this week. Oh, thank you. Oh, happy birthday. Half birthday. Yep. What a barb, what a birthday. What a barb, what oh. birthday. Oh, see, I should have said that to you, but I didn't. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> I wish myself a happy birthday with what a barb. It's fine. What? Star sign, are you? She's oh, cancer. All feels all the time. She's my darling crab, which maybe isn't that flattering to say, actually. If anyone is wondering if you're a star sign uh, aficionado, Lecky, you're a cancer. <laughs> yes. Which sounds quite horrible to say to someone. Um, you're a cancer. Veg, you're a Taurus. With a scent. Our, I was going to call her our dearly departed bean. She's not dead. She's just not on the call. Um, she's, she's alive and well. <laughs> she's a Pisces. And... I'm an Aries, like Pen. So, and I'm also a redhead, like Pen. Uh, so we've got a little bit of a mix here on the pod. But yeah, happy birthday, Lek. We love you dearly. Today is also my dog's birthday. <gasps> She's also a cancer. That's more important than your <laughs> birthday. Forget what we said about you. Yeah. How old is she? She's 10 today. Oh, double birthday. digits. <laughs> well, by the time you'll hear this, it won't be the birthday anymore. But happy birthday. Thank you. But yeah, we're very sad that Beans can't be with us. But obviously, you've got Lek and Veg here. And as I said, we're going to be breaking down everything Pen and Colin from season one episode four an affair of honor we're already at a halfway point in season one we're cracking through it but before we get started lecky take us through the breaking crumbs of the week so the shape of things pro shot it sounds like it's coming soon uh we don't have a date yet but we'll let you know as soon as we find out because i i know many of us are excited to see that yeah lecky you never got to see it did you no yeah so i'm very 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 excited we believe it's going to be streaming through original theater which is a digital theater company in the uk i've watched loads of their stuff before they're really good so it's so so exciting but we'll keep you updated some positivity for this week uh both nicola and luke were uh, nominated and won a poll <laughs> on the red carpet fashion awards website nicola for her outfit that she wore to the barbie premiere in london and luke for the outfit that he wore to the wimbledon event mm-hmm. yeah so congratulations to them our fashionable stars you know we did our part in spreading the news and <laughs> they are our victors but they did look amazing so well deserves yeah and then shondaland has announced that they're releasing a new book titled The Bridgerton Guide to Entertaining. So if any of you would like to do some entertaining, I'm sure you'll want to get your hands on this book and entertain like a a Bridgerton or maybe a Featherington, depending on your style. I wonder if we're going to have another Colin recipe. There was a a Bridgerton cookbook a a few years ago, wasn't there? Right. And I'm sure that Colin had like, it was like Colin's cornbread or something. Right. And Penelope's was an omelette. Penelope's omelette. <laughs> because it's yellow, maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see if this book has any uh, insights about their characters. Any tidbits. <laughs> yeah. We just want to continue to announce our support for the strike that's going on. Mm -hmm. On Mm -hmm. Deadline, they also shared a petition that a makeup artist started to support below-the-line workers. They want to boost unemployment wages. Um, I believe it's primarily here in in California and L.A., where I live, um, for below-the-line workers, many of whom have been out of work for months because the studios kind of anticipated Mm -hmm. that the strike was going to happen and, you know, didn't start new projects. So they've been struggling for a while and are continuing to struggle as the strike goes on. We're going to link some resources in our show notes and over on our Instagram I think Mm -hmm. so any ways that you can financially support we're going to link to that but obviously if you can't financially support the strikers at this time there's still tons that you can do to show your support so we'll put all that information in and we'll keep bringing you updates and ways that you can continue to show your support yeah that's it for this week but yeah we'll keep you updated about the strike and everything else and hopefully that's resolved soon yeah hope so thank you so much Lek 
let's get started on the episode. Now it's time to get started on our rewatch and I think we're all looking forward to this episode because this is it. (laughs) If you can't tell, we're all very big fans of the Barb. This is our moment, guys. This is what we've been waiting for. It's Barb time, everyone. Penelope, what's your Barb? What's your Barb? Cake for everybody. So, ladies, <laughs> gentlemen, and those who don't fit those categories, this is it. This is our name saying. Barbkin. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, yeah. we are here. We're so excited. You know what? It's been a quite a few episodes. Episode two and episode three were not one for the pollen fans, but I think it's starting to pick up the pace. Whether that will be like picking up a pace like a train running off the tracks and crashing into a wall in the next few episodes, perhaps. But, you know, we're along for the ride. But Lady Veg... Are you here? Can you give us an overall episode summary? Prince Friedrich attempts to win over Daphne. What a bob. Lady Featherington tries to arrange a match for Marina. What a bob. Eloise decides to try to uncover Lady Whistledown's identity. What a bob. The Tom <laughs> attends the sensuous Trobarb ball. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Trowbridge ball, which sets pulses racing. What a bob. After Daphne and Simon are found in a compromising <laughs> position, Anthony challenges Simon to a duel, and Daphne announces the tendril commandments will marry him. Meaning Simon. What a Anthony. It's <laughs> <laughs> not Game of Thrones. Thank you, Lady Veg. That was profound. Brilliant. That, that meant a lot to me. Is everyone ready? Grab your seconds. We're going for a duel. You would be Let's my second. Jump off. in. Just so you know. Thank you. That's really mean to Lecky. I mean, I suppose in terms of proximity, like I'm like ten minutes away. I don't want to fight. It's fine. I'm good. It'll upset my stomach. To be fair, Le- <laughs> Lecky, yeah. you're far too sweet to be in a fight. I'm gonna run away. You're the doctor on hand who turns away, so you have to... Yeah. Plausible but deniability. Yeah. I think you maybe like, be like Will. Like, you try and like, talk him out of it, but you know, like, give him somewhere to stay. Um, you know what? I'd start my own duel with the other second. Great, okay. <laughs> I'd be like, we're having it out. You, you secretly arranged the duel just so you could take on your second? Or that, or to get the Viscountcy myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna take oh. care of the entire thing. Oh. <laughs> um... But the episode we're in, we're starting. Moving on. Our first glance of our beloved Penelope this episode is when she's coming down the staircase. She's heading off to the market for the day with Eloise, but a visibly upset Marina kind of rushes past her. It's all gone to shit with Lady Featherington. Pen kind of calls out, turns around, asks her if Marina wants her to stay home, but Marina shakes her head and kind of Pen decides that she needs to get to the market. So that's, that's where we're meeting her this episode. Because no matter what is going on at Featherington House, Penn still has some shopping to do with Elle. So the girls are at, I think, is it like a feather stall? An accessory stall? Girls trip. Mm-hmm. I think it's feathers. Yeah. I don't know what, what's going on. Selling feathers. The first of two feather stalls. There's a lot of feather stalls. I mean, mm-hmm. when the Featheringtons are in the town, I suppose it's kind of necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Elle ponders why women would wear feathers in their hair. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Penn always wears feathers in her hair. Like, that's a proper drag, but no hey. filter, no filter for Eloise. Also, in uh, the scene, you see that Penelope is reflected in a mirror right behind Eloise when they just start talking about Lady Whistledown's Ooh. identity, and this kind of hints at, uh, you know, Penn's dual identity. Nice, yeah, we hit on that in the last episode, but very cool. Yeah, it's very sneaky. I also really like. I'm not sure about you guys, but I really like. I like Penn's outfit. I think she looks like a French fancy. Oh, I think she looks lovely. <laughs> Lucky, do you have French fancies in America? No. Oh, oh no, you don't know what we're talking oh, about then. I have no idea. Oh god. Hang on, hang on. 
uh, this is very important cultural stuff. I just need to send this picture of a French fancy over to let. If there's not like footage of Colin eating one, I probably oh. haven't seen it before. You know what? He would be all over a French fancy and he'd pick the lemon one every time because oh. it's yellow. Oh, yeah. she does kind of look like that. It's pretty cute. It's pretty nice. But that's what she looks like. <laughs> yeah, I agree. She looks, I mean, she does look like a French fancy. And her eyebrows look good. I like, I don't know, her lips look a little darker as well. Yeah, she's got it. the vibe going on. Listeners, see for yourself. But the good news is it doesn't have 36 bows in it here. She looks cute. Adorable. I'm digging her look. Yeah, yes. she looks cute. Moving on, I guess. <laughs> what happens in this scene, obviously? What happens? I'll tell you what happens. Don't you worry, Edge. So Elle is going off on one of her monologues that we love she's going on about how women have to squawk for men's attention and how everyone's falling over Daphne because of her prospects with Prince Friedrich and you know she's starting to get worried that not that she's jealous of Daphne but that she's worried that attentions are going to turn to her once Daphne's married off mm-hmm. and you know it's quite sweet because Penelope's just kind of listening in she's like very clearly amused by everything that Eloise has said um, but then the conversation kind of takes a turn back to Lady Whistledown and how Eloise kind of admires Lady Whistledown because she is surely living. You know, she's this brilliant businesswoman in Eloise's mind and there's no way that she's kind of waiting on the edge of ballrooms waiting for a man to notice her, which, Eloise, my love. Well, bad logic as well. Like, if you're that busy dancing, you wouldn't have time to notice her. That's a good point, you know. And wouldn't have that made the whole thing a lot quicker to figure out had she been like, maybe Lady Whistledown <laughs> is someone who is very quiet and observant, yeah. like the person next to me who's listening without saying a word. Oh, She's, yeah. Well, I mean, she makes a lot of observations, like similar observations in this episode. Mm-hmm. Eloise, she goes and breaks into the, the servant's room and the servant mm. starts laughing at her. Like, when would we possibly have the time? It obviously has to be somebody of means who has a bunch of free time. Uh, so Eloise is not quite there in her investigation yet no, <laughs> to notice things like that. But look, I mean, we've all we've all gone down some theories <laughs> yeah. about season three. So absolutely no disrespect, Elle. We get, we get the spiralling. <laughs> And, you know, Penelope's very clearly amused by it. She says it's, you know, quite the life that you've imagined for her, Elle. I like that she's, like, very deliberately non-committal in everything she says. She's not directly lying about who Lady Whistledown is and isn't, but then she's not really saying anything either way. So she's kind of staying neutral, you know, keeping out the limelight a little bit. But then, you know, Eloise decides that the, she needs to meet Lady Whistledown. She'd make a good lawyer. She would. She's like... Strategic. Yeah, she's got a good poker face, has our Penelope. Mm. Um, Eloise decides they need to meet Lady Whistledown, joy of joys. They can achieve a life just like hers, if only, eh? And again, staying very evasive, non-committal. It's quite a playful moment, especially if this is the first time you're watching it. But once you know that Penelope is Lady Whistledown, it kind of definitely adds that extra layer to the whole scene, where we know that Penelope is just absolutely fobbing her friend off. While still really seeking her approval, you can tell that she really likes listening to Eloise's praise and just kind of soaking it up. Like you said, Penn is being evasive here, but yeah, she does also just seem very amused about the life that Eloise has pictured for Lady Whistledown. And Elle claims that she wants to, quote, fly like Lady Whistledown rather than settle down like Daphne. And yet we see that Penn in reality isn't flying and also she has no hope of settling down. So really neither option is available to her, but she still seems to be in good spirits about it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. she seems amused. I've always had a fondness for this scene because it's just so lovely to see them, you know, walking together and laughing together. And it's just really sweet. Yeah. But you know, it is that kind of undercurrent where Penn very cryptically says Lady Whistledown's identity is quite protected, you know, a bit suspicious. How do you know that, Penn? <laughs> and she also very conveniently can't help Elle with her search for Lady Whistledown because she's too busy. There's a nice little throwback here to the earlier episodes where Elle kind of says you should pretend you've got what Marina had so you know you can come and help me with everything and playing on the idea about what Porsche said about Marina's condition being catching and then Penn insists you know she'd love nothing more in this world 
than to help figure out who Lady Whistledown is. But she's going to be by Marina's side as a cousin returns into society, which I don't really get because I think Marina has already returned to society like three times in the last episode. But whatever, Pen, we'll let it go. But she assures her that she's going to cheer her on in her endeavours. Yeah, it's a cute scene. Yeah, it's very cute. But I think, and I know we'll come on to this in future episodes, do you know when we think about what Eloise is so upset about when she finds out that Penelope is Lady Whistledown? I think it's a lot about, you know, the fact that she's used her for information, she's told all her secrets, she sabotaged her relationship with Theo, all those kind of elements. But I think it's these moments mostly. Yeah. I agree with your point in that the worst thing that Penn has done in terms of their friendship is that she's let Eloise go off on this this search and be so excited and talk about how much she admires Lady Whistledown and wants to find her. And, you know, it's basically like taken over her life and also inspired her and secretly been her best friend the whole time. Mm. So it is a betrayal. It's just these little lies that kind of underpin so many of their interactions that is probably the bigger betrayal. And it's kind of embarrassing as well for Eloise. Yeah. We should also point out for book fans there's a little moment in this scene where Eloise picks out I believe it's a white feather quill and that's kind of a nod to the mm-hmm. cover of To Sir Philip with Love. Um, the quill she picks up looks very similar to the one on the cover. It's huge isn't it? It's very elaborate. Yeah. So we've got a nice little, for the Philoise fans amongst you, which we would happily count ourselves we've got a cheeky little nod in there for you So that's where we're finding Penn at the beginning of this episode. But let's go see where Colin is. <laughs> So we're going to head off to a boxing match, which is taking place in this creepy, dingy warehouse where we're going to keep coming back to throughout the season. Um, There's a fight between Will and Billy Gillespie. There's a lot of Saphony drama going on. But is Colin here? Yes, he is. He's hanging out with Simon, Benedict, and none other than Lord Featherington. So we get this very brief little moment, very rare moment too, where we've got a future son and father-in-law standing right next to each other, and they're both alive. How wonderful. For our listeners who are doing a rewatch with us, you should take note of this scene because there is a similar one at the end of this uh, season that kind of stands out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll be coming back here. And we see Lord Featherington, who I appreciate his acting, but whenever I see him, I'm just reminded of all the sketches in Armstrong and Miller because he did a sketch show with another comedian in the UK and it reminds me of that. But yes, he is in a lovely blue with a little yellow cravat. (laughs) And Colin's all about the cravats and the yellow ones will surely see a lot of them. Another Featherington who we see in this kind of deep blue. Um, We also see that with the second Lord Featherington, Jack, in season two. Or should I say, Sir Leon. Sir Leon, there he is, for the Merlin fans with you. Yeah. With poor, poor Lecky, she's just listening to this and it's all going over her head. Um, Merlin fans, we've got you. Yeah, so, yes, I don't think that's much of a coincidence. Also, I enjoy Will's outfit in this scene, which is no outfit at all. And also, I was at my parents' house watching this and my mum was very taken with Will. Look, we can't, we can't blame her. She's only human. Sorry to call him in this scene. That's all right. I like your little nod, you know, because... Season three, we've seen Colin in a few dark blues himself. Yes. You know, he's yeah, yeah. he's walking in the footsteps. It's his trajectory. He's on his path. Yeah. Though this blue is almost kind of purple. And interesting because purple is very much about like sort of the colour of Richard. He's got a purple waistcoat as well. That's very much like wealth. That's a good point. But in this scene, Lord Featherington's losing all of his money. Fake it till you make yeah. it. And you know what? Colin's having a lovely time at the boxing match, which means we're having a lovely time at the boxing match. He's in the background kind of cheering Will along. There's not much else going on in the scene, but you know, we can appreciate Will fighting. 
Colin is having so much fun at the boxing match that he comes home and decides to have more fun. So in this next scene, you'll see him sparring with Gregory in the background of all the families talking. Very cute. It's very sweet. They really want to hammer home that he's going to be a good dad in this (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I think... I think that is definitely what they're doing. But I also think it's just a very nice moment between the siblings. Yeah. But and also it serves to sort of juvenilise a little bit Colin and sort of highlight his youth, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Again, they're matching. They both got the waistcoat and the billowy white shirt. And, mm-hmm. you know, he is very much with yep. that side, isn't he? It's taken his jacket mm-hmm. off. So, you know, he's we're going super casual here. But I do think that it's a good point about what you said about it kind of infantilizing him a little bit because I think you know we think of ABC as a very solid unit but I always feel sorry for little Greg on the side who doesn't ever really seem to get a look in with his big brothers like all the sisters are kind of like gathered together a little bit more um, especially like in terms of their age but Gregory he's so young and I, I bet all he wants in the world is to be involved with his older brothers so I think it's very sweet that kind of Colin has you know gone to this exciting boxing match he's come back home and he's sharing that moment with Greg like giving him a little rundown so he feels involved yeah it's cute because you know we've said before there's a big age gap between a b and c and i think colin would have probably experienced that himself kind of being left out of his older brothers and i think it's maybe like a little nod as well i don't know have you both read all the way to book eight nope. no ma'am god i know from like and i know from veg i'll whip them into shape don't worry listeners <laughs> so in spoilers in on the way to the wedding which is book eight um Colin plays a pretty big role in Gregory's book. There's a lot about Gregory looking up to his older siblings, a kind of inspiration. And so I think it's like a nice little callback to that dynamic, which hopefully, fingers crossed, in the year of our Lord 2059, when season eight finally is released, we'll get to see this on screen. I also wanted to note in this scene, we also have Hyacinth delivering her first prophetic question, what about the Duke? Which we see revisited in season two, um, when she mentions like, what about the sister? And it'll be interesting to see if they have another callback in season three. What about Penelope? Oh, I'd love that. Because, yeah, because in season two, she says something like, is Kate going to live with us or something? (laughs) Hyacinth knows what's going on. So, very cute sibling bonding moments aside, are you both ready? <gasps> it's late that evening. We're heading off. Prepare yourself for scandal. Rush to the Trowbridge Bowl. Are you ready? Penelope. So Lady Vestan comes back and she's going to give us a bit of warning that we should probably take heed of as well. Some may call her celebrations too provocative and I would caution any young lady from getting caught up in the sensual nature of her face. I don't think it's just the young ladies that we're going to have to be worrying about <laughs> getting a bit ahead of at this book. <laughs> Since we're on the topic of books, book fans might actually recognise the Trowbridge Ball because this is adapted from the first book, The Duke and I. And Penelope and Colin even dance together at the ball in the book. But before you all get too excited though, it sounds as though Colin didn't quite have the time that we hoped he would. And Lady Whistledown even throws in a little comment that he actually danced with all three Featherington sisters. And the most dashing Bridgerton did not appear to be charmed by his fate. So it's a little bit scathing, but let's see if show Colin has a slightly better time at the Trowbridge Ball with Penelope. You know, it's quite a beloved ball, isn't it? It stands out. Do you think we're gonna go back to Trowbridge in season three? Would you like a little Barb 2.0? Well, 
Of course, I'd want a bath 2.0. Well, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, we're getting one. <laughs> spoiler alert to our listeners. The Trowbridge Ball was filmed on location at Hatfield House. Oh. And thanks to Beans's Crumbs, we, we know that they returned to Hatfield <gasps> House in season oh. three. They were filming there back in September. We think they did a night shoot at the location as well because it looks like they had like a lighting rig set up outdoors. So they could have filmed outdoors. Um, but we should note that the Hatfield House has also been used for scenes for the men's club and it could also be a a new location but I bet they are going to return to the Mm. Trowbridge Ball and that would just be so fitting and if there's an outdoor moment at the Trowbridge Ball how scandalous kind of echoing what happens here with Daphne and Simon I'd be so up for that so fingers crossed we'll return for you know it's a good place to kind of get a little bit too het up a little bit too jealous. We could have a little jealous Colin moment on the side. I'd be signing up for that. Sure. But back to the story. All the Fetherington's are arriving together and Portia instantly takes the opportunity to kind of throw Marina at Lord Rutledge as Penn kind of watches on helplessly. We also get a moment from one of my personal favourite ships. Lecky, I think you're on board this ship with me, aren't you? Yes, I love Albion, Finch, Mr. Cheeseman. Veg, I'm Adorable. unsure. Love him. Love their coupling. Yeah, I'm happy to support it. Personally, I hate cheese, but, you know, I everyone's got their own interests. Says the person so. called Veg. <laughs> what I love is when we first meet him and he comes in with the daisies yeah. for Philippa. He's allergic to Thank them, you. but he brought them for her anyway. Come on. That's so sweet. And fans... Their wedding is the only happy wedding we've seen in the show so far, just so you know. I also just wanted to take a moment here to note that um, there's a scene between Portia and Archibald where she's kind of like hounding him about the Finch situation and Archibald shows no interest in marrying off his daughters and says they can even wait till next season for all he cares. And this makes me kind of wonder, piggybacking on the earlier scene where we see Colin and Archibald standing together Mm -hmm. at the boxing match and yet they're kind of on opposite sides of the match, if Colin will be Archibald's opposite and other ways as the head of the Featherington household because it seems like matchmaker Colin will be in full force next season so it it could be possible that he helps arrange Prudence's match too and gets them all married all the Featherington girls that's so interesting and it wouldn't be out of place as well because you've got yeah Daphne I forget sometimes how much of a role Daphne played in Marina's story in series one and I think like as well as having the unrelated mm. subplots, they do get the leads to have their own sort of little other subplots as well, just to round them out as characters. So yeah, it definitely happens. And we do have in the books, there's a little bit of matchmaker Colin, even with Cantony in, in their book. He's um, a bit of a matchmaker with everyone, which is something that yeah. everyone kind of was a bit disappointed to see him not really participate as much. And you know what? And then the season three synopsis came out. And it's why my first reaction was just laughter to that synopsis, because of course, <laughs> matchmaker Colin would come Mm -hmm. out for his own wife Mm -hmm. well done well done so if you don't know on this podcast we're all big fans of the prudank theory we want prudence and dankquest together forever (laughs) um so fingers crossed he makes that happen a better lead of the featherington household than those of one's past and puts his matchmaking to good use including with himself i'm obsessed with the fact that the whole main theory behind prudank is that dankworth is described as an idiot (laughs) and we're like it's <laughs> well, they were also um, seen together by a fan during that first shoot they had nice. at the old Royal Naval Chapel. Mm. And also, and then at the second one, we actually saw them going down the stairs together. Oh, yeah, was, and I thought it was Colin. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've received a couple other tiny clues, but... We're all on board the pre-dunk train. 
But forget them. Put Finch out of your head. Put Prudank out of your head. This is the moment we've been waiting for. It's Barb time. Pen is reliably, bless her, quietly waiting on the edge of the dance floor. She's trying to make eye contact with Marina and send her some, you know, sympathetic, encouraging glances to Marina. Marina's still stuck with Rutledge. She doesn't know how her life is about to change. Our lives were about to change, I think. This, we'll get into it, but this was a formative moment for many within the fandom. Because who slinks up and slips behind Pen? Mr. Colin Bridgerton himself. You know, Pen kind of jumps, or you would, wouldn't you? She kind of jumps at his presence because he does kind of get very, very, like, very close up to her. We'll put many visuals on social media for you so you can enjoy this moment with us. And then they have one of their most infamous exchanges in the whole show. Can we do a reenactment? Who has a more masculine presence? I think I have a more masculine. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to channel audio book Colin for this. Our host looks a bit fussy. Do you think if he goes to bed, we all have to leave? It's lucky the lady produced an heir before the old girl croaked, no? Lucky indeed. But do you not think the boy bears a passing resemblance to Lady Trowbridge's footman? Penelope. <laughs> What's a bob? <laughs> yeah! Well done. Thank you, thank you. That was beautiful. So we here we have the origin of what many a Poland fan like to call the gossip boner. Yes. The gossip boner. <laughs> Our holy, our holy moment, our guiding light. He's into it. Yeah. Like, you can't say that he's not into this moment. He is so into it. This is kind of like um, a return to the uh, scene where they're discussing the bad poetry, where he's surprised mm-hmm. by her. Yes. But yeah, he's feeling something. Yeah. Oh, he's feeling many things, I'm sure. So it's always great when you have good gossip chemistry with people. I think Ops and I, on one of our, <laughs> on maybe our first ever trip to Spoons together, we both slowly discovered after a couple of cocktails that we were both a little bitchy as well but just the the thing with yeah we are a bitch but anyway this is a society in this sort of in the tone in the time where you couldn't like really just be bitchy like now it's kind of like a thing and there's tiktoks about but you can't you couldn't just it was sort of a lack of propriety mm-hmm. so scandalous he, i think he's just taken aback yeah what she is saying is scandalous ladies are not supposed yeah. to talk like this or even know yeah. about things like this the things that she's implying that she knows about and i love that she took that risk and put herself mm-hmm. out there like that for him almost like i know yeah mm-hmm. she's a bit careless overall i think we will say like <laughs> With the whole Lady Whistledown thing, she's not the most careful, but I, it does strike me as, like, the fact that she's put herself out there like this. But it is, it is their story that, you know, being around him makes her that little bit braver, yeah. that little bit more daring. But what I will say is, excuse me, Colin, why are you walking around talking about ladies producing airs? <laughs> Scandalous indeed. So he really, he's at the time, you know, he knew what he was talking about, so. And Penelope, who may not even know all the mechanics, has overheard people talking about you know, affairs and scandals enough that she's able to come up with this quip and make this this joke. Another yeah. little sign that she's Lady Whistledown, I think. And also, just the fact that she's the one who breaks this gaze. Sigh of all sighs. So let's talk about the gaze, because he says it to her, they look at each other, and it's, I think it's five seconds, which doesn't sound like a long time, but if you sit there and count it out... Oh, that's ages. It's a long gaze, and they just kind of look at each other. It's such a charged moment. Probably the only sexually charged moment that we've had so far would we agree yes we agree? Yeah. yep it's all we've got you know he is he's like fully he's like fully in it yeah. things are happening but i think if you watch her face very carefully i think it's fascinating because she's kind of like has this happy awestruck look on her face and then it falls 
Mm-hmm. And I think she doesn't know what to do with that moment at all. I don't think she's ready for that kind of situation between them. Agreed. I don't think she knows how to handle it. And yeah, like you say, she's the one to break it. Yeah. Tragedy. Mm. Tragedy. I don't think she feels uncomfortable. I don't think he's making her feel uncomfortable. I don't think that's what's happening at all. I just think that she has kind of put herself out there a little bit, mm-hmm. got something back and just doesn't quite know what to do with that. Yeah, she's unprepared and unfamiliar and she did not see this coming. So this is a very important gaze. And um, we had the latest sort of bracket voting tournament on the subreddit was the platonic gaze thing, which was sort of ironic uh, in terms of the gazes were not platonic and that was the point of the game. So voting on just looks that were exchanged. From Colin to Penn. Yeah, from, from Colin. So moments like, you know, when he stares at her coming across at the race when he returns home yeah when he returns home from his travels and they have that her days so that was our runner-up right returning home from the travels yeah her days scene was runner-up yeah yeah and this moment was the winner but oh my gosh was it a close call between that and returning Mm -hmm. home and in the end i think so i got my boyfriend to vote for what a bar but (laughs) then he later asked me to show him the two clips and he actually preferred Turning home, say. Oh my God. This is <laughs> just for you, listener. It was all a fraud. So what a bar won, but really, did it win? No. I would do anything to sabotage that vote anyway. Uh, it was the rightful winner. And I also say, I think on Twitter, they had a similar, like, best mm-hmm. pollen scenes. And what a bar, but also won that. I will just say it's won numerous fandom circles the once and future king i think why we like this so much i mean there's many reasons obviously you know it's fun to see them but i think this is is the hope that we need through these difficult times yeah. but i think this has something that no other scene between them really has so and baby. <laughs> when she's when she quips back at him like we say he's very impressed obviously but i think what's interesting is that it's like you said like we saw it in the wretched sonnet scene as well is it proves that he is attracted to that side of her of yeah. her personality, mm-hmm. and which therefore means that he is attracted to the alter ego. Yes. yes. And so it kind of raises the question of, you know, when he finds out that she's Lady Whistledown, I'm sure there's going to be many, many emotions for many, many reasons. But the lust is going to be there, as we know from, you know, book spoilers, the carriage. Yeah, and that's how we get to the carriage. <laughs> and the colonel is here, right? So I think that's, there's many reasons we all like it, but it's that combination, it, it sows the seeds of the future a little bit. I will say just an extra point about this scene is that the extra who walks through the frame during the scene is oh. public enemy number one, in my opinion. My villain origin Colin story. Get one lusty gaze and an extra walks through it. And I could rant about this forever, but moving on. Fun fact, if you haven't read Inside Bridgerton, um, this scene was Luke Newton's audition scene for Colin. He initially auditioned for the role of the Duke, but he decided that he actually identified more with Colin, and they brought him back in and they had him read for this scene, and he said that he, quote, did the same scene five or six different ways and with five different intentions behind it, and he said it was the what a barb scene and when it was time for them to do the real thing it was quote a surreal moment but um if i could ask luke newton any question besides what he thinks colin wrote about in his initial letters to pen and whether colin may or may not have been unintentionally romantic i'd love to know what the different intentions um he did for Mm -hmm. this scene what they were and which one was selected for the final barb scene that we actually see on camera though i bet it's basically what we can infer here 
where Colin approaches Penn in the hopes of discussing Marina initially and is again surprised by Penn in a way he hasn't felt before. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that this won him the role, to be honest. Because, you know, we talked a lot about his the nuance that he offers in his acting. And I think that exercise would have been fascinating to kind of see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a scene that brought us our Colin, so it's even more sacred to us. And he plays it, they, they both play it absolutely perfectly interesting what you said like actually just about how his intention originally was to kind of segue into marina and you do think what on earth was going through his head you know when Penn turns away he seems to catch himself a little bit and they have this kind of moment where they both shake out this gaze yes. you know they've both been looking at a red-headed baby mm-hmm. which is very you know a bit of foreshadowing but very scandalous topic of conversation i don't know how much he realizes is improper but he kind of catches himself and pulls himself out um it's also very notable because he uses her full name instead of her nickname. Yes. He says Penelope. And you'll notice... And he only does that in a few scenes. He only does it in a couple, but we will track it. Um, there's not many to track, though. He does it on a very rare occasion that she's always penned to him. And he usually says it when there's some sort of loaded reason behind him saying mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, yeah, she gets the full name Penelope here. And the way he delivers it is just chef's kiss yeah. scandal central yeah. i love how he says pen but i'm going to die whenever he says penelope in season yeah. three because he does do it during these charged moments yeah she's gonna be penelope a lot more yeah. in season three i think that is for sure and in a good way because fans of the book will know that some of the penelopes in the book are not our favorite moments of colin book colin but i think that in the series it will be played very nicely we're gonna get some mm-hmm. now we said that beans wasn't here with us today but because this is such a momentous part of pollen history we couldn't let this moment go without getting you know i feel that beans is our resident philosopher she offers insights that we could not possibly aspire to so beans from the future the past or wherever you may be in this world phone in now and give us your thoughts hello dear listeners it's beans your favorite little jumping bean <laughs> what a barb what a babe, what a scene. I mean, obviously it's important. It gave us our podcast name, so that's great. My thoughts are these. One, did not rewatch this episode this week, so I'm only speaking from memory. But if I remember correctly, Colin gave Miss Penn the look of, damn girl, damn girl, you are just more than I thought you could ever be. And I hate to bring it up again, but uh, what is this feeling so sudden and new? Jonathan Bailey. He had a little tickle in his pickle. He had a little tickle in his soul for Penn in that very scene. And Penn was flustered because she was like, oh my gosh, more than two seconds of contact. Hot diggity damn. That was like the budding of something inside the two of them. And, uh, you know, good on them. (laughs) good on them thank you so much enjoy the rest of the show (laughs) thank you beans for those moving words and that sadly concludes the end of our beloved barb scene right okay so that's it right guys the podcast we've done the podcast is done we've done with the podcast now yeah we can pack up okay go home well it's been real guys nice to see you december 14th see you in december (laughs) our work here is done no, we've got plenty of shouting at Colin to do of the next few episodes and plenty of despairing and plenty of bows ahead. We're not going anywhere, sadly. <laughs> but yes, the barb scene ends. Tragic. Colin sideways the conversation back to Marina Joy of Joys. And then Penn makes a bit of a fatal flaw here, I'd say, because she comments that the only thing Marina is interested in is a swift rescue indeed. Yep. Here she activates oh, Hero Colin. You're just tempting Hero Colin. Yep. yep. Hero Colin <sighs> is Penn. activated. 
And yeah, poor Penelope pushes him toward her inadvertently. Come on, do you not know this boy by now? And he's going to do like how she sort of set that up this series mm-hmm. and then the reverse is going to happen in series oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's going to be setting them up left, right and centre. They're both foiling themselves, they're both <laughs> playing themselves. So Penn throws Colin at Marina accidentally and then Colin swoops in, rescues Marina. They have a lovely chat. I might be evil for saying this, but I actually think it's very sweet when they start dancing and swooping around the dance floor together. I know that that's a traitorous thing to say, but I think it's sweet. And Daphne and the prince kind of watch, and Daphne says, my brother Colin certainly knows how to make things memorable. Doesn't he indeed? Yeah, it's nice that Daphne reacts, and I'm sure Penelope is somewhere <laughs> as well. Watching. Silently sobbing. Do you think she's watching it happen? Do you think she's wanting to scream, throw herself into the abyss? Yeah. The only justice will be if we get the inverse of this scene in season three, where Penn maybe gets swept away and enjoys dancing with Debeline or another suitor, and Colin (gasps) is left watching her from the shadows, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Not that I want him to suffer. It'll probably just happen. You know, but if it occurs along the way, it's like what Veg, you said, you know, she said, Colin up accidentally. Colin's going to do the same for her. Let's see how he likes it. Yeah, then we'll laugh about it in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some main plot shenanigans. Jewels are organised. People are caught. All that kind of stuff. And Anthony starts to take Daphne home, but he stops to let Colin know that they're off and he instructs him to look after Violet in his absence. Colin has this really interesting moment where he kind of looks over to Daphne and you can tell that Colin knows that something's actually wrong. You know, I think Anthony says that she has a headache, but Colin, and it's something that we'll see in a few episodes with Daphne and Colin, but I think he's very good at actually reading Daphne's mood in particular. I think he's quite perceptive. 100%. I know that fans might not always agree that because he sometimes bungles it with pen. But as a character... He is pretty perceptive with people's emotions. He is so perceptive. And you see tiny bit yeah, of that. He's great at reading other people. He's just not good at processing his own emotions and his own thoughts. His he thoughts. Can, yeah. <laughs> but he's really great at reading other people. And I also just love that he's just hanging out with his mom in the corner of this ball and laughing at her bad <laughs> drunken jokes. <laughs> yeah, what is it? She says, sham and pain. Yeah. Yeah, so a sweet little moment. But we're going to leave the Trowbridge Ball together, actually. And we're going to zoom over to Featherington House. Penn is having a bit of a night of it now. She's sat in bed as Marina's kind of pacing around the room. Marina's all hyped up. She's talking about how excited she is about Colin. I think it's it's heartbreaking because Marina starts listing all of Colin's qualities. As if she doesn't know. You know, she's like, <laughs> he's so kind and funny. He's just going to make a great father. And Penelope must just be like, I fucking know this. <laughs> this is not new information. And Penn just kind of looks, she has this like dead look inside, which I think every Pollen fan can identify very strongly with. But, you know, she kind of tries to pull her shit together a little bit. She tries to dissuade Marina um, and she insists that surely Colin is too young for marriage and he wouldn't dream of proposing anytime soon. I mean, we all know that Colin would never have a chaotic proposal. Surely not. <laughs> That's out of character. AU, surely our sweet young Colin is not going to propose anytime soon. So we can all pack up and go home then, Veg. I like this look. I, I like the hairstyle. She's got her hair in a sort of a side braid. She looks gorgeous. Uh, yeah, she's having a shit night now. She's ready for bed. But she looks beautiful while she's doing it. She does. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting here is she's in her nightgown. She's looking quite like... I guess when you're in your nightgown, that's as, as sort of like undressed as you can get. Yeah, maybe. vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. Quite raw, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. then Marina in this scene is still wearing her tiara from... Yeah, that's a good observation. Uh, ...from the ball, so... 
she's almost like wearing mm. just a crown. Yes, and she's, the victor. You know, yeah. in this situation. And she stood up and Penn's kind of sat down ready yeah. for and this kind of that. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good observation. She's one. So Marina kind of continues on and, you know, she makes the comment that Colin isn't like other young men who play games. And she actually ironically mentions that Colin rescued her at the ball, which, as yeah. as we just pointed out, Poor Penn. that was something that Penn actually did. But... I think what is important to remember is Marina isn't doing this in uh, a spiteful way. Yeah, I was going to say. At this point, she Marina know. still doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Penelope is good at hiding those aspects of herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's only until really late on that Marina picks up on it. Yeah, they're friends mm-hmm. at this point. If Penelope had mentioned yeah. beforehand yeah. that she was in love with Colin, maybe Marina wouldn't have perceived him so heavily, but she has no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of gone past that point now. Yeah, Penn just received some great news here where Marina says that, you know, if she <laughs> marries Colin, she'll be able to stay in town and that since uh, Penn and Eloise are so close, they'll all practically be sisters. So great news. Not the worst fate imaginable Yay. for Penn to become Colin's sister. And <laughs> worse. What? No, no, no. You can't. No. <laughs> going to work out for Kate and Sue That is a cursed. Yeah. It, worse than never having him, but yeah, becoming his sister. And then Marina also notes that Colin is clearly eager for such an outcome. So yeah, poor Penn. Now, if I, if I didn't live with housemates, I would scream because that is the worst thing I think I've ever heard anyone <laughs> say to me. You can't say a sentence like they would be, oh my God, Penelope would be Colin's sister. <laughs> curse. And I know it's a motif that's kind of going to come back up to infantilise Penn in future episodes, but it's cursed. Well, what a fantastic night. Marie eventually, you know, heads off and Penn is left in her room. She, um, bless her, she absolutely panics at the thought of everything that's just happened. Yep. It's like her worst nightmare has just kind of come to fruition. Yeah, And the night couldn't possibly get worse, right? It couldn't. No, because, you know, if there's one thing we know about Penelope with the Bridgertons, it's that she handles one catastrophe at a time and never invites them on the same night. But she has this, like, awful panic moment where she's like, you know, she puts a hand on her chest. She's starting to, like, hyperventilate. She jumps up, starts pacing through the room. Again, looking pretty gorgeous in that nightgown. Mm-hmm. Let's pray for a return to the nightgowns in season three. Yes, Colin would love this he would be all over we wouldn't be having an issue (laughs) if he was in the room at this time marina would be gone but don't worry your night can't get possibly worse because we've got someone throwing pebbles at your window veg i'm gonna come to your house and do this one day great can't wait (laughs) but is it colin no no sadly not it's eloise with classic eloise bridgerton timing she turns up to pen's house and she wants to chat pen again not in the mood but she goes down and opens the door and just kind of gets this like whirlwind of excited eloise energy which we do love but sometimes there's a time and place for it and ella just kind of talking mile a minute about her whistle down theories just the just the topic that i'm sure pen wants to talk about right now yeah and she tries to shrug Elle off Elle is not reading penelope's face which at this point you can see she's trying to keep her shit together and is about to break um and, you know, we witnessed that last shred of sanity absolutely snap into as she loses the composure and she bursts out at Eloise. She says, Eloise, I do not care. People have real problems, mature problems, problems that have nothing to do with the secret identity of some silly writer. And that is such a slap in the face to Elle. You know, and you can't blame Elle. She doesn't know that Penn's had a shit night. And also, Penn doesn't care about who Lady Whistledown is because she knows who it is. And if anything, she wants to throw Elle off the center. It's just all a bit too much for her, I think. And Elle kind of, you know, bounces back at her a little bit and it makes a comment like, you're so mature now. Um, but you can tell she's really hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And she says that Penelope surely doesn't care about marriage. And suddenly Worst she says, what if I do? 
Mm-hmm. Worst thing she did. I mean, if there's one thing she cares about right now. And then she delivers a pretty cutting line. She says, I can't expect you to understand. Not everyone can be a pretty Bridgerton. And you feel sorry for Elle because she's mm. kind of taking the brunt of all of this built up frustration and it just kind of throws out. And this is their first big fight. You know, Eloise turns. She doesn't, yeah. you know, she's silenced, which is a quite a feat to silence Elle. And it highlights a lot of the tensions that are eventually going to lead to their fallout. Yeah. I know yeah. the fallout was the fact that Heaven's Lady was sort of, but, you know, there is, this definitely contributes and there is this underlying tension and a misunderstanding. So, you know, she's saying you don't care about marriage, but, you know, yeah. she, she does and she doesn't understand that. That specific line is a continuation of that conversation they have in episode two where Eloise announces that um, they have mm-hmm. accomplishments to acquire Clearly, Penn has other aspirations, yeah. and it was marriage, and that marriage with Colin has just been wiped off the table for her. Um, and it's so obvious that Penn regrets what she said, but she's just in this moment of despair and just can't control herself. Yeah. Do you think this is the first time, because Eloise looks so taken aback, and what's interesting is she doesn't argue back. I mean, she, she kind of throws a line, but they definitely, it definitely doesn't devolve into that insult kind of fest that happens at the end of 208. Yeah. But do you think this is the first time... Pen has ever snapped at her. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. We were talking about that during the courting scene too, where she makes the joke about the poetry. I think one of us said something about how younger Pen, she was more reserved and didn't really speak up around the Bridgertons. Mm-hmm. So this might be the first time she's doing this kind of with Eloise too. Yeah. So she's surprised both Bridgertons tonight. <laughs> well done, Pen. Or probably not in the way she wants to. But like you say, she clearly regrets it, but the damage is done. Let's just leave that kind of heartbreaking moment between Pen- Penelope's and try and lighten the mood a little bit. I mean, as light as you can get because, you know, Anthony's <laughs> organising a duel to shoot his best friend, etc, etc. Yeah. I always feel bad that Benedict is suddenly just going to have to be the Viscount now. Just, you know, yeah. on a moment's notice. But the brothers are interrupted because there's, there's murmurings in the hallway, so they go investigate. And it's a little tiny scene, but it's, I think, probably one of Colin's best moments. Would mm-hmm. we agree? Iconic. Ah, yeah. oh, lovely moment. It's the best, isn't it? So... They open the door and they look and it's basically Colin and Violet mm-hmm. staggering through the hallway. So if you remember, Anthony gave strict instructions to Colin. He was like, look after mother. I'm going home. She's your deal now. Colin clearly took that to mean get her absolutely fucking plastered. And, you know, he took it to heart. To be fair, she was already drinking heavily before. She was already <laughs> on the way. Delivered, um, that, that line. Colin was like, let's just stick with this. But it's very, it's very nice because, you know, they, they stumble in together, they're laughing. It's like you said, Lecky, they, ha- they were having a nice time together. And, you know, Violet's kind of, like, doting on him. He kind of charms her a little bit. She calls him impertinent, but it's really affectionate between the two. So Violet heads off to bed, none the wiser, that, you know, the jaw shenanigans are going to go on. And Anthony and Benedict try and get his attention. And Colin turns, and we get one of his best ever lines. Lec, do you want to do the honours? Good God, did someone die? <laughs> That's not a good... <laughs> Good rendition of Colin, but yeah. God, it's like Luke Newton's <laughs> in the room. That was, that was transcendent, like... I mean, I don't think we've got anything to say about this other than... No. 10 out of 10. Great moment. Exquisite. 10 out of 10. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to do a, a game to figure out what their best lines are, and I think that'll be up there. Um, mm. So a little bit of Colin humour. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see more of it in season three. So the older two piss off to to go you know reenact Hamilton and a Colin is left at home Daphne is pacing upstairs in her room she's clearly very stressed because you know it's all going to go to shit with Simon and Anthony and she, I think she decides that her best bet to resolve everything is to head downstairs to seek out Colin and try and sort the situation out 
Colin is drinking in Anthony's study and Daphne kind of bursts through the doors and demands to know where he's gone. For book fans, this whole sequence is actually kind of similar to how it plays out in the book, where Daphne um, specifically goes and seeks out Colin when this goes down because she thinks that, quote, Colin might come around to her way of thinking and that she can persuade him to take her to the duel. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the books, he actually says, quote, I'll help you, Daph. You know, I do anything for you, which is very sweet. Aww. He's the good brother. But yeah, in the show, Colin is not quite as forthcoming, is he? Yeah, I think he's trying to be the older brother a little yeah. bit, you know. Anthony Benedict both out the house. I think he's if the things he say sound more like Anthony, I think, yeah. than they do himself, almost in a way, you know, when he's repeating things about surely you you know, you want him to pay. But I think Daphne knows that she can break through to him. And she points out very rightly that it's her life and she should get a say. And there's this moment where the last shot we get of that scene is it focusing on Colin and you can see that he's very conflicted as he's trying to figure out what the best thing to do is. Yeah, this is Hero Colin again. Mm. Hero Colin activated, Absolutely. trying to decide what to do, how to resolve the situation. Yeah, that's a good point. What the right thing to do is. Mm-hmm. And I like that he grants her, and it's very similar to in the book, mm-hmm. I'd like that he grants her that independence. You know, he listens to her. She does break through to him when she's pointing out that it's her life. And that kind of breaks through and, you know, he's very close with his siblings and in the books he's particularly close with Daphne. In the show, I think we see that in a few episodes time, yeah. th- that relationship. But all is well. Mm-hmm. She breaks through to him. They head off. We get a nice shot of them on horseback as they zoom over to the jewel and <laughs> all goes well. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, Daphne nearly gets shot. I just want to point out, this is not pollen, but I think it gets very brushed over that Anthony was fully committed to shooting and murdering his best friend. Oh, yeah. Those were the times. Boys. <laughs> Boys. <laughs> Indeed. So the last shot of the episode after the jaws all resolved and all has gone well is the classic ABC lineup that is often referred to as the Jonas Bros. This is their little group shot of them. Oh. And thus concludes the episode. Lovely. It's a cute episode and I think that, you know, obviously we've got one above. Yeah, they're both in it together and they've got some nice moments as well and You've got Pen as well. You can see her subtly included on the edges of shots as well. We didn't mention them all, but if you look through and if, if you're a listener, if you're, you're on your third or fourth or fifth or tenth rewatch, <laughs> then, you know, take a moment to see if you could spot Pen's little head a foot below all the other heads in, in the room. <laughs> But I think what's interesting with that is we catch her watching certain storylines. Yeah. So we catch her watching Marina and Philippa, but you don't see her in anything that really goes down with like Daphne, Simon and Anthony. Like she misses mm-hmm. all of that because yeah. it's a bit of scandal. But that scandal never really comes yep. out to the forefront. Yeah. So I think she very cleverly isn't a part of those storylines. Hence why it doesn't get reported. You know, another little hint. Yes. Yeah. It's been a big episode. Yes. A lot has gone down. Lucky, take us through the whistle up and the whistle downs at the app. I'm sure this will come as a shock to our listeners, but the what a barb scene is our whistle up for this week. What's a barb? Iconic. And our whistle down. In any other episode, our whistle down award would have gone to the extra who walks through the what a barb scene. But because to be a pollen fan is to no pain, our actual whistle down is the scene where Penn ends up having a near panic attack in her room at the thought of becoming Colin's sister and witnessing his fairy tale happy ending with her cousin. Cursed, <laughs> absolutely cursed. I'm not saying the boy deserves to suffer, but I'm saying that Penn has suffered and one day he will understand what that feels like. Mm. God, that sounds so mean. I love Colin more than anything. But We don't want him to suffer. 
it will probably happen. Wait, I feel like we keep repeating the same refrain, but, but you know, it is what it is. True enough. <laughs> yeah. Look. And any listeners who are on the Colin Dorsey fear train, I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> Don't listen to them. I'm on your side. Men are trash and Colin Dorsey fear. But all I'm saying is if this story means that we get a lovely scene of him in his nightgown. Not, maybe it's not in that His nightgown. His night clothes. Night shirt. Night clothes. A night shirt slightly opened. And if mm-hmm. he is also in desperate panic, pacing back and forth in his room, I'm not going to be angry about it. That's all I'm saying. Kind of like in the, the most recent Emma, where Knightley comes home and he's like tearing off his clothes because <gasps> he's just so frustrated. Yeah. That is such a good Chef's scene. Chef's kiss. Yeah. 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 Like, this era of uh, this, you know, stuff set in this period of time, they love a good frustrated nightgown scene. We've seen it in both series of Bridgerton, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. We're gonna see it. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to, if we see the it's gonna happen. Yeah, the frustrated the inversion of it. The scene but with a with a male lead frustrated in his night clothes mm-hmm. stomping around. Nice. Well, what an episode, what a bar. <sighs> Indeed. How we get how we rating this? Where does this fall on our pollen rankings? So out of twelve bows, the fewer bows the better, zero being ideal. This would probably be a four for me. Um, I mm. will say that the Barb scene does a lot of heavy lifting here because this is a very <laughs> painful episode. Marina and Colin's storyline is rapidly getting underway, but there's just mm-hmm. this glimmer, a moment that suggests he's really meant to be with Penn, and we love that scene. And I think we do get, so, you know, we get the Penelope breakup, which is very yes. sad but I think it's good for both of them to have those kind of moments together uh, we get some nice sibling moments we go to a little wrestling match who doesn't want to see Will win against whoever he was winning against um, I'm going to agree I'm going to go five I'm going to go five just because there's slightly too much pain but not enough, not as much pain as what lies mm-hmm. ahead of us Veg how do you feel? Zero both are you a Barbie girl in a Barbie world? I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world Zero is this Zero perfection? Okay I understand all the marina scenes to be honest didn't even notice those. I was so caught up in the haze, <laughs> in the lavender haze of what a barb. No thoughts, just barb. Of uh, the scandalous Trowbridge Bowl. I, I support your rating 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's not my rating, but I support it. I'm behind you all the way. <laughs> to be fair, it is much like Pirate Colin. There are certain things that have been our guiding light, mm. our lighthouse and rough seas, the things that have, it's been many months of pain and suffering and waiting and torment. And certain things keep us going. And I think everyone can agree that this is one of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so we thank you for your service, dear Barb. We thank you for your service, episode four. Thank you very much for joining us. I don't know if Beans will have any other thoughts, but if she does, I don't know, I'm looking to the skies. <laughs> so like she's going to be a voice for Because <laughs> she's dearly departed, if you recall. She's dearly departed. She's dearly departed wherever she is. I don't know if she has any thoughts, but we'll chuck them in here. No thoughts, just Bob. No thoughts, just Bob's. But that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining. We hope that you'll join us next week when actually I think we'll be taking a bit of a mid-season break from our rewatch. You know, we need to gear up for everything that's going to come our way in the following half of the season when shit will really start to hit the fan. Um, So keep an eye out for what we're going to do next week as a slightly different episode. But in the meantime, where can everyone find us like? You can find us at Pod on Instagram and TikTok. And you can find us discussing Whatabarb and other lovely moments (laughs) all over the subreddit reddit.com forward slash r forward slash pollen religion mostly what a barb let's just be real yeah mostly what a barb (laughs) but thank you very much see you guys later see ya happy birthday to your dog again lucky thank you you. (laughs) you have a wonderful time (laughs) celebrating
<laughs> Angie, I mean, yeah, but your birthday's gone now. It's in the past. Yeah, it's fine. It? We need to move on. Beans, see us out. That's violin. Do 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 do. Do 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 do.